Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 648 with a review of Soul. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're going to have two films for you. Uh, we have Soul, which is coming to Di- or came to Disney Plus this past weekend. And then also we'll have a review of Wonder Woman 1984 for you, which of course premiered on uh, HBO Max. Um, so this should be fun. Um, but yeah, this is a Pixar film that we're talking about here, Soul. And generally, uh, all these Pixar films start in theaters with a uh, Pixar short that airs before them. Um, this year, that short also aired on Disney+. Plus. Um, that is the film Burrow, the short film Burrow. Uh, so let's go ahead and just talk about our thoughts on Burrow. What did you think of it, Stephen? I mean, my honest answer is I barely thought of it. it felt, compared to most <laughs> Pixar shorts as of late, it kind of felt like it wasn't it was, it was almost too simple, right? Like it, it, it basically is just this cute. First of all, it's, uh, seems 2d animated rather than 3d, which is yeah. interesting. I feel like it's been a while, if ever, since I've seen Pixar do a legit 2d, like Paperman looked 2d, but even that was kind of like cell shading or something on top of a 3d, uh, yeah. that had been done. Um, so this, the animation style looked very simple, but then the message was just kind of pure cute. Like, I think it was, neighbors are neighbors are a thing (laughs) Um, yeah i don't know i i didn't i didn't think much i i would say i it passed right through me more than your typical pixar short did like completely cute but not adorable not you know not enough for me to get involved in the way that like let's say a little puppy eating a feast would make me feel in in, like invested this just felt like a cute little display of potentially hand-drawn animation but yeah, know, that, that was about it. It didn't but, leave me thinking very much at all. And, and to be fair, before we get emails, Paperman and Feast are both D- Disney animation studios right. and not not actually Pixar shorts. You're right. Um, you're right. You're right. But but yeah, I mean, these, these are definitely trying to play in that area. And it's also part of Pixar's Sparks shorts uh, system, uh, mm. which is I'm not super familiar with that logo. Maybe they've all had that but it feels like it is a little bit of a different offshoot but but yeah i thought it was a cute um film i was also i mean first of all i was a little thrown off by the fact that this didn't wasn't just part of like i click on soul and then i see a short this was like a separate thing that you had to find for me it advertised not advertised it was it was like the next up thing once soul finished like during the credits it was like why not also watch burrow um so it was a thing that like they had shown me afterwards but yeah i think if, if it hadn't been like julius mentioned to me um, that it was a thing to watch. I was like, oh shit, like I didn't, because I hadn't watched Soul yet at the time that he mentioned it. Um, so it was a thing that like I wasn't, I, I probably would have missed it completely um, other than seeing it at the end. Uh, so so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I knew about it to watch it. But yeah, I, I thought it was cute. Um, you know, it was, I kind of put it on not to, not expecting too much, but it was like, as you said, it was very, very simple, but I think it was still kind of fun. And, you know, it, it, it had like a, just a, a a very simple pleasure to it, um, which you know thematically I think works with uh, uh, maybe what the film yeah. Soul is doing. Sure, yeah, no, I, I I get it. I think they pair well together. It was just a little. I, I think it doesn't help that the last animated film I watched was Wolfwalkers. So I think my my bar for the animation itself blowing me away was just too high <laughs> for a for a little short like this. But yeah, I, I think that uh, that Pixar Sparks thing, if I remember right, because we've 
the last few years, then at movie theaters, you've been able to watch like the animated shorts that were nominated for Academy Awards. And I think yeah. often a one of those Sparks program ones will get at least one entry there. So I think that is a way for them to kind of show up and coming artists or whatever. They probably give some kind of, you know, Pixar or Disney Pixar endowment for someone to go make their short film and then premiere it at places. So, you know, that's cool. More more power to the art form. But honestly, so when you texted me, just a little behind the curtain, uh, you texted asking if I had seen Burrow. And we had been talking about the Small Axe anthology right before that. And I was like, is Chris spelling Burrow wrong? Like, does he mean like Burrows of London? And there's some like little short Small Axe entry that didn't show up on Amazon Prime. <laughs> the secret sixth uh, entry into the, the series. Yep. The even smaller axe. <laughs> Small axe, more like small shovel, right? Yeah, that, I, I was going to go for that too. <laughs> but you're, I was clearing my throat, which I will hopefully remember to edit mm. out of this episode. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, what do you say, Stephen? We get into our review of Soul. Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Soul, and then we're going to come back and give you fine listeners uh, a review. Oh! What the... What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Connie, go for it! Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at 7. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's going to say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Must have been sudden for you. great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interests before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't, we can't taste either. All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste. Or touch. See? Okay, I get it. Wow. It's my life. Is all this living really worth dying for? You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No way! There I am. What are we waiting for? Wait, not me! That's weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day. And I count every single one of them. The count's off. Huh. All right, so that was the trailer for Soul. It is basically the story of a um, middle school jazz band teacher who has dreams of becoming like a big set uh, jazz band player. Um, And one day he finally gets his huge break but unfortunately steps into an open manhole and uh, plummets to his death. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he wakes up as he's traveling to the great beyond and decides, hey, 
I'm not ready to travel to the great beyond and fights his way back and sort of learns about <laughs> the realms between the worlds and uh, tries to figure out a way to get back to his body so he can perform this show that he's super excited to perform in. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Soul? Uh, so I had a couple immediate impressions. One, I should, this has become a pattern on the show, but I didn't see any trailer for it at all, I don't think, ever. So, like, even what you just said about, you know, uh, Joe Gardner stepping in a manhole and plummeting to his death, I had no idea that was going to happen, <laughs> right? Like, when it happened, I I was rather shocked, actually. Um, <laughs> what, what do I think? First, I'll get it out of the way. I think this is a great Pixar movie super into it uh i think it is a different pixar movie which is strange because it is extremely similar plot wise to inside out the last pete doctor film um i feel like what pete doctor has been doing lately is he's kind of playing a game of chicken with the line between text and subtext of like how far can i just make the movie be about the theme and still keep people engaged. So like with Up, right, he was already going for very brazen emotion in a way that Pixar movies sometimes kind of approach obliquely. With Inside Out, he was like, I'm going to make this be about emotion. And now he's like, I'm just going to tell you what the meaning of life is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that that is a very bold thing to do. Uh, but I think it is effective here. Um, an interesting thing I learned recently is that this was co-directed with Kemp Powers, who's the guy who wrote One Night in Miami, like the play and the screenplay that that movie was based on. So like he had some help here. Um, but yeah, I think this is not a kid's movie, right? Like, it, like, is it fair for me to say? I think this is the first Pixar movie where I definitively think this was meant for adults and like kids will be allowed to watch it. Yeah. But I have no idea what what is in it that is meant to be fodder for kids? It seems like it'd be way too hard to follow for a kid. That is true. And and also, like, I feel like there's going to be a lots of terribly existential conversations in the car ride home if this was a theater-going movie, uh, where yeah. parents are going to have to, like, help address death with their children. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, a, char a character dies in this movie. Uh, like, a, a lot of the jokes in the movie would go over kids' heads the characters especially the design which we'll get into of the the afterlife characters act and speak in a way that i think a little kid wouldn't really even be able to track what is going on yeah. um which is is very interesting for pixar but i'm not a child you know i'm a i'm a full-grown adult with purpose and sparks and things like that uh, <laughs> and i thought this movie was great it like like it, it's a great new entry it didn't hit me in the feels quite the way inside out did i think because the that buffer of kids movie allows me to become a little more sentimental and a little more wholly invested than I am when that buffer goes away. So something about like a little girl learning that it's okay to be sad and happy at the same time hit a deeper chord with me than, you know, a grown man learning about why life is worth living. Um, <laughs> I think, so I, I think Jamie Foxx is great in this movie. Um, Tina Fey, I don't know how I feel. You know, the internet has kind of been ablaze discussing yeah. Did they have to cast Tina Fey here? Like, there could have been way more things you could do with that character that just would avoid the awkward reality of having a, like, white SNL woman play. That We, we won't get into it. They, they couldn't cast Amy Poehler again. So Right, exactly. They came as close to Amy Poehler as possible. Um, <laughs> like, so, anyway, barring the fact that the casting decision is strange for reasons that we probably won't, won't get into directly right here. Yeah. Um, 
I think like she is the game. Like she's there's lots of gags with her character related to like learning life lessons in the past and people she's interacted with and stuff that I think you know worked on me really well. Uh, there are a few things that I thought were very moving and like borderline profound. Uh, one is the idea of like being in the zone and the notion yeah. of how the spiritual and the physical worlds connect. Uh, this is hinted at very early on in the part of the movie that Jamie was on board for. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then w where uh, Joe Gardner is playing piano. Uh, but then it is given more depth over the course of the film in a way that I think is like really well thought out and, you know, honestly, pretty, pretty genius. Yeah. Um, everything about this character of Moonwind, uh, who we see in multiple realms and we see <laughs> how those connect <laughs> hilarious great 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 like would would be great in like a 30 rock joke like like this was just full-on comedy funny uh, yeah. I, I was really into that um i think the design of the before and the afterlife is really interesting again kind of following in the vein of what inside out did where you have things that are not quite solid they're more like clouds of color and wisps and in this case edges play a vital role in a way that i think is really interesting um and yeah it i thought i was gonna go the movie without having a thing that really hit me in the gut like i was about 20 minutes from the end and i was like all right movie you've been nice i really <laughs> like the message but you know you didn't you didn't get me the way inside out did and then there's you know a montage comes we all know it's going to come, but it still works <laughs> when it comes anyway. And it, and it got me. It got me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say broadly about it. I think this is a movie that is tackling difficult themes. It is doing them justice. It is, again, not a kid's movie, really. But it's more like a, a film for adults that is taking as a challenge being G-rated. Um, and I think it, it pulls it off. And it has a lot of things to say about honestly things that the next movie we're going to discuss tonight tries to talk about as well and i think <laughs> does, does way less successfully <laughs> um, yeah just about you know living living life the value of living what you should prioritize and what you shouldn't and as with many movies in the covid pandemic especially i think those simple themes ring more true because we've all been kind of forced to grapple with what what matters to us and what doesn't and what is like the zest of life. And I think this movie delivers on that. Yeah. Um, I, I also thought this film was pretty great. And like you, Stephen, I, I, it didn't, I, I wasn't quite hit as much, um, in the heart as I was with inside out, like inside out was like a very, like, like just an emotionally brilliant film. And I think that this film is sort of intellectually brilliant. Um, not, not at, at the, um, uh, at the loss of the heart feeling, because the heartstrings are still there. But I just think in general, this film stimulated me much more in my brain <laughs> than in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it's, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about um, whether or not this would appeal to kids. Um, you know, generally, we, we generally talk about these type of films being acceptable for children, but especially interesting if you're an adult. Um, and I guess... I guess, yeah, th th this film is dealing with a lot more adult themes than the average Pixar film does. And the ev even the things that, like, there are moments that I just, like, fell over laughing at, which I was laughing because of how dark they were, and I don't think a child understands the ramifications. Like, for instance, there there's a scene involving, like, a... a, a 
like a interdimensional doorway that is opened and somebody stepping through right. it, which I, I died laughing at that moment because of like just the ramifications of, of what was going on in that scene. And like a child, there's no way that scene is as funny to a kid, right? That the kid won't, won't perceive yeah. the ramifications of what is taking place and understand it with the gravity that that scene actually does have. Um, so, so like, well, we're, we're talking about the, an, an accident that occurs. Yeah. yeah right? an, an accident. Yeah. yeah. A, 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 uh, an attempt to recall somebody which goes awry mm. <laughs> and it's like th like for me all the 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 most humorous moments feel very intellectual and very adult um and, and without that 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 sort of understanding I, I don't know how they would play um the counterpoint to that i would kind of say is um this film does in a way sort of have the thing that i love in films like swiss army man where like 22 is is sort of the the, the dead daniel Radcliffe char character right where right. it's like it's a thing that is not yet a human being trying to learn what it means to be human and like that still had all those touches that went with me and i think that a child because this is an adult literal mentor talking to a unformed mind i i think that kids while they won't understand the passage of what that what they're watching i think that there is something that like they are gleaming this is an adult telling me how to be alive and like i, I think i think kids will understand that they are 22 right <laughs> um right. like like they might not understand it the way we can understand that but i feel that like a child will understand that this is an adult telling a child like things about the world and maybe a child yeah. telling an adult a thing about the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that's there. I, I don't know exactly if, if kids will pick up on all that stuff, but, but it is there. But yeah, for me, what I think I really loved is the world building in this film. Like just this idea of the great beyond the great before this group of people who sort of are the bridge between those things. These like, I, I forget exactly what the line is from the movie <laughs> where, where the, the first, uh, Jer the first Jerry that you meet, like the way she explains what she is. I am the coming together of all quantized fields of the universe, appearing in a form your feeble human brain can comprehend. Like I, I really enjoyed that kind of aspect uh, um, of what this film is doing. As you said, this so sort of like the getting in the zone and like how how that exists in our world and and the way they combine getting in the zone of something you're incredibly passionate about with this aspect of getting uh sunk into the like the 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 normality or the banality of certain activities of your life how those are kind of the like two sides of the same coin i thought that was like an incredibly yeah. intelligent like dissection of 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 like humanity and then how we are about the things that we do and what we're passionate about and i think that this film is just playing with such amazing ideas uh, that I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I also, when I first saw the design of these interdimensional being things, like they're, they're basically, they're, they're, they're individual creatures made up of a single unbroken line that like bends around and folds on it, in on itself. When I first saw it, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too happy with what it was doing, but the more I saw the way they played with it and the way they animated it and the way they would do different actions that only those creatures in those shapes could do. It just became like, it, it became like a fun thing where I'm watching the animators of this film have fun with the character design that they played with. And it's like something that like, I don't think would work if it was, if they were just 
tall green things instead of small blue things. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting with the character design of some of them, especially the Terry's and Jerry's, is they felt less like Pixar and more like Don Hertzfeld, right? Like it kind of felt like World of Tomorrow or something. It was more like wacky and quirky and bending the rules of what animation is allowed to do. Uh, I, I thought... I felt like they might have been inspired by him somehow because it, I, I don't know, something <laughs> struck me as very similar there. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's just a really creative way um, to play with that design. Like there, there's one scene where, where the, the Terry character is an accepting award, that he, mm-hmm. an award that he asked for, and he walks upstairs to, the podi- to, a, to a podium to give his like, acceptance. But like he is the stairs that he is walking up <laughs> and right. like it, obviously if you've seen the film you 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 can visualize what was happening but it's just it's such a fun playful interesting sort of like thing to do with these characters that like like imagine a being that's so infinite and outside of our realm of comprehension that the way you would present yourself to us is a single unbroken line that creates a 2d shape that can move in 3d space <laughs> it's it's yeah. so complicated but i don't know i really enjoyed it <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that you brought up the uh, like the the notion of angst and the the lost souls in this movie because I thought that was also really really wonderfully rendered and that is the kind of thing that I think they that is an example where I think they communicated a very adult concept in a way that kids will understand. Yeah. Like they took they took an emotion and heightened it where I think a kid would get what is going on, but the relationship between that and being in the zone is the kind of profound thing that that is lobbed more at adults and I without going into too much detail, like this year has definitely been a year of trying to decide what matters and what doesn't, you know, like beyond whatever things you're striving for. Yeah. Um, and that, that hit me in a particularly hard place. Uh, like, you know, we, we've all heard this story before, right. Of, you know, it isn't about obsessing over attaining some goal. It's about enjoying the little things in life and not letting life, you know, swallow you up. Um, but I just thought this movie did a really, really nice job of making that, making that literal. And it, I don't want to give too much away. I will say this this movie spends the appropriate amount of time on Earth and in the afterlife and before life areas. Um, there are a few Earth scenes with side characters um, that I think work really, really well and do a nice job of giving the movie more more depth and making it feel more real world. Like this is simultaneously the most abstract Pixar movie and also the most grounded in an actual real world, like a very real New York with very real people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought it, it, it towed that line really beautifully. I do feel like I have to mention a, like this is the first Pixar movie to prominently feature black characters. And that is really cool the decision to forefront Tina Fey the way they did in a movie featuring predominantly black characters will probably go down as a not great decision on their part. I don't think it torpedoes the movie. Yeah. I just think like they, there are so many things they could have done that would just avoid that problem altogether. Um, and I kind of don't know why they went that route, but I still think in the end, this is Jamie Foxx's movie. And I think he, yeah, he nails it. Yeah. With, um, Without going into too much spoilers, um, I, I, I do, I do just, I, I can't get over how fun and and like interesting the concepts are of this this realm that we are that that we exist in when we're not on Earth in this film. Um, like there are several different rooms or theaters or places that a uh, 
a pre-soul can go to as they're trying to find their spark before going to earth um w- one is just like all the things in the world that you could do <laughs> so the yeah. idea of like before you are born being able to try out all the things that you will one day become obsessed with is just a really interesting concept um but also there is a much darker scene later on um <laughs> in which joe uh gets to see moments of his life <laughs> in a room um and and the way that plays against his idea of what he's accomplished throughout his life was was like again one of like the most impactful i think scenes in in this film um so yeah well and specifically that scene mirrors a later montage which i think adds adds even more to it yeah because it kind of has you has you questioning again i i will say this movie does commit a semi-cardinal sin. I don't actually care that it does it, but where it it very much intentionally leads you to believe one thing only to then at the end tell you, like, no, you're wrong for thinking that that's how it works. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it, well, that was... You're talking about specifically the spark? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but also, like, you're kind of the one that, like, told me to think that, you know? <laughs> so so that that does bring me to a a... a, a an interesting question. Um, do you think this film is trying to be an answer to the secret message of The Incredibles? <laughs> that is very interesting. Because um, <laughs> The Incredibles is also the easiest comparison. It's the only other Pixar movie, as far as I remember, that is mostly about humanoid people, <laughs> like people in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is, right? I mean, it, yeah, cause, cause that, it is like, definitely kind of an antidote to the like objectivism or whatever yeah, yeah, that is like, hiding in The Incredibles and is hiding in a movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish that it was, Stephen. I wish that it was. <laughs> yep. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah I, I don't know if this is like a subtweet of The Incredibles, but it definitely is a counterpoint of yeah, yeah. what matters. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a better message for children than The Incredibles oh, yeah. is. I don't know. I, th- I think it's safe to say that we both enjoyed this film a lot. But uh, are, do you have any last thoughts about it before we get into our verdict? Uh, no, not really. I think this is this is a lovely movie. It It came out at the right time and in the right venue. Like, I think the holidays are a perfect time to be able to stream and just watch this with family. And yeah, I appreciate this new Pixar that is like, continuing to try to go into more and more adult themes and see like how far they can go with just making subtext text uh i i don't know when they're going to find that line but they haven't crossed it yet <laughs> uh yeah cool um well let's get to our verdicts then so stephen miller if you're going to even say must see record with the caveat wait for rental pass with a caveat or a must avoid what would you give it this is a must see i i still it didn't hit me in the emotional place as some of the more child-oriented Pixar movies, but I think it is more complex. It, it is doing something harder and it is executing it pretty much flawlessly. Uh, so yeah, this is the ideal version of what Pixar is trying to do. It just implicit caveat, even though it's a must-see, like I don't think this is a tearjerker in quite the way that other movies that make you feel like you're nine years old again are. It's just doing something different and you're not going to be in the same headspace. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, must-see for me as well. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but while you were just giving that that little uh, explanation right there, it did, did make me think, is nostalgia 
and the ability to transport adults into the mindset of being a child and feeling like a child does the thing that makes us love the other Pixar films. Like, is is this film because it because it is purely adult, even though we can understand like there's something I, I don't know. I just while, while you were saying that, it made me think that like, oh, like, yeah, this film didn't make me feel as a child. And maybe yeah. that's why yeah, I yeah, didn't I love it that way. I, I think not to diminish the amazingness of what Pixar has executed for decades, but I do think we kind of implicitly grade on a curve when we see a thing that feels like it's for children, but then it works for us. Because if there's anything that doesn't feel perfect, we'll be like, oh yeah, that was broad, but that's because it's for kids, right? Or that, you know, that little midsection with the talking dog and stuff, that wasn't that wasn't the juice, right? That, that was for other people. <laughs> um and it, it puts us back in this realm of being a little kid again and being in just wonder at the world. And this movie quite literally is doing that, but it doesn't ask to be graded on a curve. And I think that, you know, that's bold for it to do. It, yeah. But it just means that I'm, I'm more inclined to approach it as an adult approaching a movie about life rather than as a, a kid's movie that can make me feel like a kid again. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that is going to do it for our review of Soul. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Soul, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And, uh, yep, as we mentioned earlier, we have a review of Wonder Woman 1984 to, re- to do for you. So we're going to head off and record that. Um, but uh, everyone else, hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.